0: Me when you get a shit, bro. <laughs> I
1: will I mean, I'll probably get one before you in the modern era for sure. Uh, uh, I fucking hate you so much. I can't <laughs> wait. Two on one, a fantasy football
2: podcast with your host steven Bautista. that boy, good.
0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to the 2-on-1, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Bautista. Alongside me, as always, the commish, Tommy Molio, and everybody's best friend, Dominic Rickard. So the time is finally upon us, week 13 of the NFL season, which means it's the last week in the fantasy football regular season. There's a lot of fantasy football owners out there thirsty for some knowledge, and it's our goal to provide you with just that. Starting this week, the two-on-one podcast will be included in the searchable database for ClipCast. It's a search tool like Google, but for podcasts, where you can search a player's name or phrase and get a short clip for the pods that discuss that topic with a fantasy football focus. Check them out on Twitter at Clip underscore Cast or their website at ClipCA.st. Now let's do a quick recap of some Week 12 NFL action.
3: NFL Quick Hits
0: the New Orleans Saints had a great win at home on Thanksgiving night defeating the Atlanta Falcons 31-17. Drew Brees continues to dominate throwing 4 touchdowns on his path to being the NFL MVP. I called it a couple weeks ago after the New England Patriots were destroyed by the Jaguars that they would right the ship and be back on top of the standings. Well guess what, the Patriots beat the Jets easily last week 27-13 to and now currently own the second seed if the playoffs started today. Finally, the Houston Texans continue their impressive eight-game winning streak. They defeated the Tennessee Titans 34-17 and now have become the first team in NFL history to win eight games in a row after starting 0-3. On the injury front, there was no bigger news in Week 12 than the sprained MCL Melvin Gordon suffered against the Cardinals. They're reporting he will be week-to-week, but realistically, at minimum, will be out for at least a couple weeks. Terrible, terrible timing for Melvin Gordon owners. Dominic, what are some of your quick hits of a week twelve?
1: First off, Steve, I just wanted to ask: Do you still think Deshaun Watson is a turkey that you you gave him last week, or do you think <laughs> at an eight game win streak, he deserves a little credit now?
0: Uh, I mean, the defense is pretty pretty good, and, and like you always <laughs> tell me, a, a squirrel gets a, catches a nut every day or something like that that you say. Uh, but uh, no, he had a great week, and uh, I, I don't take it back a hundred percent. But you know, I'm starting to become a believer again.
1: All right, good, good. So, yeah, my quick hit for the week is I want to talk about Tyler Lockett and his stats. Uh, I think he's quietly having an elite season. I got these uh, stats from Detzel Sports. He's got 43 receptions for 661 yards, 8 touchdowns, 15.4 yards per catch. His catch rate is 79.6%. And his QB rating when targeted is 157.3%, first in the NFL. What round do you guys think this guy's going to be drafting next year? And my follow up question to that, will he go ahead to Doug Baldwin?
2: Tommy? Yeah, he's been balling out lately. And I think next year, I mean, I could see him as a, I don't know, maybe a a mid level wide receiver two at best, maybe, especially uh, where he might get drafted, Um, you know, maybe in like the, seventh or eighth round i i mean i i know his numbers are looking good i I, and i think he will get drafted in front of doug baldwin i just don't know if he's done enough to warrant you know having such a big leap in uh, his draft status we went over the draft order last week and looking at who got drafted in the seventh round eighth round you know there's still a lot of value there and a lot of talent so thinking about logging for next year you know he might be I, I think he's probably around the same area, but I, I would say definitely higher than Doug Baldwin. Even though I was surprised where he got drafted in the third round this year. So my uh, my quick hit of the week is what the hell Leonard Fournette? What are you thinking, man? I, I'm sure you you ride with your boys and and no one can mess with your team. I get it. I, I'm the same way actually. But but what are you doing trying to pick a fight with a defensive end for the Buffalo Bills, Shaq Lawson? You know, and then. Throwing that weak ass punch to instigate even further. Uh, <laughs> did you guys see that?
0: Yeah, no, we saw that was
1: crazy, man. <laughs> he's lucky he didn't break his hand.
0: He, he wasn't.
2: Yeah. He wasn't even on the field.
1: Was he not on the field? No, he was not playing that down. And he ran off onto the he side. He pulled lines.
2: like a Marshawn Lynch, like ran off from the sidelines. Ah, that's out.
1: why he got suspended. Did he's he? Did he, he, he lose he his one appeal? game?
2: I didn't see it. Yeah, he lost. Yeah, he his he lost it. yeah he's definitely out. You know, and that's I saw up. the I saw the interview after the game with Lawson. And, and even though, you know, you watch the tape and Lawson did push Carlos Hyde first. So that's why I think Leonard Fournette retaliated, but it sounded like him and Fournette were jawing at each other all game. And, and this was just the callous to set it off. You know, like you said, Dom, he was, wasn't even in the game. So obviously he was looking for an excuse to go over there and, and start something with Shaq. But, you know, I, I get where those emotions are coming from. It's just, you got to be smarter than that, you know, and he could have broke his hand. He could have re-injured his hammy you know in the in the scrum and the scuffle that didn't <laughs> after it but it, it could end up a lot worse and so I, I just think um i just think it's real dumb by fernand and you know they i think the jags are out of uh wild card contention but you still got to be there for your team and, and now being suspended another game after you've already been out for so many games is just i don't know it's just bad form in my my opinion
0: and he got hit by a beer can too on top of it when he was walking oh out God. of the stadium <laughs> so yeah no that was crazy man and, and to your point I think the Jaguars are just falling apart I think that locker room has too many too many voices probably too many Indians not enough Chiefs and uh, I think that they're lacking leadership they're too young They're last year they did really good but this year with the first half of adversity that they have their defense isn't playing as well um, you can clearly tell that there's not any leaders on that team and Blake Bortles is just terrible and that's uh, obviously he got benched this week for Cody Kessler so that tells you everything with them
1: I will, I'd like to make one comment on that. I don't mind benching uh, Blake Bortles, but you bench him and you fire the offensive coordinator. So you have I another know. another offensive coordinator and another. You're changing two variables instead of just changing one. Like leave uh, Bortles in for one with his new offensive coordinator to see if it was the, the coordinator or if it's still Blake Bortles. Then start Cody Kessler the next week. That's my opinion. When you change two variables, you don't really... Now, now for sure they're not going to pay portals and and some other team's not going uh, to. They're getting.
2: Oh yeah, well, he's done. One, two very important variables too. You know, the quarterback's like one of the most pos- important positions on the field, and the old coordinator. You know, we've seen other teams like live and die by their o- offensive coordinators, and yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see. But hopefully, hopefully it works out for them. And Cody Kessler is the answer that they need right now. Definitely, definitely.
0: helpful. All right, guys. Now you're in for a special treat back from the sabbatical Nostradamus.
3: Nostradamus.
1: Alright, guys, back from my sabbatical. Got my magic back. Can't disclose what it is. Instead of um giving you bold predictions that are gonna come true this week, I'm actually gonna give you guys where we're gonna finish one through six, then who's gonna win the first playoffs who's going to win the second and who's going to be the champ and we can fall out the whole way and I'll probably be completely wrong but if I look if I get this right Manos Stradamus is staying so to finish the season I got Steve at one Matt at two Vince three myself four John fifth Tommy sixth any comments on that so far that sounds about <sighs> right
2: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I I said, like I told you like before I, I want that six spot. Cause I'm yeah. just copying Steve. So, yep. yep. So then I got
1: Steven Matt on a buy. So that puts Vince at three versus Tommy at six. Ugh. Then it puts Dom at four, <laughs> and John at five. I don't like this now. So that I got Tommy beating Vince and I'm not just guessing this. I went and looked at the matchups for, I think it's week 13 or 14 I, I said, oh, Tom Brady's going to be on the bench. Or, I mean, 14th, not on the bench. Yeah. going to put him in. And, and then I looked at the numbers, and I think Vince was predicted by two, but I think you're going to pick up a different defense and you're going to beat him in that. You have great matchups. I looked at here, let me go to the paper. You have Tampa Bay versus Miami, or Tom Brady versus Miami. You have Michael Thomas versus Tampa Bay. You have AB yeah, versus man. Oakland. Like, are you kidding me? The matchups are amazing. I'm, so gonna there is, at, I'm
2: gonna be at that game too, so that's gonna be awesome. Nice. There
1: is actual science behind my. I'm not just you know guessing <laughs> out of my butt. Then yeah, I have, true. then I have myself beaten, <coughs> Matt. Uh, that's just because I have myself and of I, I don't lose. Yeah. So that puts Steve versus Tommy because one versus six, then Matt versus Dom. This is where I really looked at the points, and I hate to tell you, Steve, but you're predicted to get 135 that week and Tommy's predicted to get 145. So I'm going with Tommy yeah. in the upset. Then, then uh me versus Matt, I already said that. So it's Tommy versus Dom in the finals. And I looked at the matchups and Tommy's going to smoke me in the finals.
2: I mean, if I hit my projected points every week, I should be undefeated, but pretty much I think I've had the most point total or at least higher than my opponent almost every single week. And that hardly happens (laughs) take
1: it to the bank steve Uh, what's what's your rebuttal just like last week (laughs) (laughs)
0: well my first rebuttal is yahoo doesn't update the projections until wednesday of that week tuesday and wednesday of that week so those projections may be a little skewed um secondly i don't think you're gonna win another game this season and third (laughs) uh, uh, uh third i think that the last year somehow it got mixed up where like you would think one, uh, three played six and four would play five, but like somehow five played six. I think it got messed up last year. I don't know why. No, I think Tommy it was it the second way. round. I
1: thought, I it thought we thought, round. yeah, I thought we thought like messed one up. would play the lowest seat, but it's yeah, exactly the winner of that matchup. That's what I asked Tommy last night.
0: Yeah. Okay, I see, I see. But no, we'll see what happens, man. I mean, it's definitely wide open. So um, I'm, I think it's probably one of the closest years we've had since we had the league. Oh,
2: for sure. I feel it like we have it. the most points scored. Like Vince is about to break two thousand points. Like in well, yeah, this that's, week, that's, I think the NFL and Though I think in general, it's right? NFL
1: and we we always loosen the rules up. I think a little bit yeah. every year for more production and offense.
0: All right, man. Dom's going for. Uh, sorry, Nostradamus is going for the long play. So we'll have to um, check back on this uh, pod uh, in week uh, sixteen.
2: Yeah, when I'm the champion. <laughs>
0: hopefully
1: not i'll be the champion don't oh, if i champion. lose in the finals again i might kill myself so just, um, just throw that out there if you guys either of you play me in the finals all right guys let's
0: move on to some fantasy football talk
3: <laughs> hey, fantasy, fantasy.
0: tommy i want to start with you this week since you own michael thomas what happened in new orleans i don't think we'll ever see that again drew Brees threw for four touchdowns to four undrafted free agents listen to these names man it sounds like it's a band tommy lee smith Austin Carr, Dan Arnold, and Keith Kirkwood helping absolutely nobody in fantasy.
2: Yeah, that's that's not like this garage band down the street that plays at your cousin's bar mitzvah or something. Like, who the hell are those guys? Um, yeah, uh, and especially on uh, on Thanksgiving to have to have Kamara and Michael Thomas and, and nobody important on the Saints uh, roster make any significant fantasy impact. I don't know. I, I guess, I don't know. Drew Brees was feeling the Thanksgiving spirit and just wanted to give it to the white guys. <laughs> I don't know. One. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was about. I mean, is, is that Carr's cousin that, that caught a touchdown? And it just seems like, yeah, maybe like the NFL is doing this whole salute to service thing. So is it like some service members that they just pulled off the street that used to play college ball and, you know, they scored some touchdowns? <laughs> Cause <laughs> wow. I, I, dollars, like awesome man. <laughs> yeah. No, i like, give you a million dollars if anyone had any of those guys rostered or you had even heard of them or even knew they were on the team, let alone what, what's their number, you know, cause someone give me one number for any of those guys? No. So bitter, I don't know.
1: Huh. Yeah. Tommy, I mean, it almost really Tommy, made... I have a, I have an alternate theory. Do you think Sean Payton is so next level as a coach? He said, you know, Michael Thompson, uh, Thomas is a long season. We're going to use you as a, as a decoy this mm-hmm. week and you're going to, you're going to get. Rest on those legs. You're going to be in the game the whole time, but you're probably going to be a decoy. Take this as a break. Do you think that ever happened?
2: I mean, I, you know, usually we see that like in week like sixteen or seventeen, maybe you know, when get that last rest before the final or before the playoffs. But I don't know. I have no idea. Just just a theory. Honestly, at this point, anything makes sense because what we saw happen was kind of ridiculous. Hopefully it doesn't happen to you in the playoffs or any I of know, us, you know? I, It better be the yeah. last bad game he has. That's freaking Michael Thomas, man. That's the best receiver in the NFL right now. That dude's the same, beast.
0: Same thing with Kamara. I think he had like seven uh, total points in PPR, full PPR, yeah, too. We're,
2: we're getting a little bit ahead because, you know, those are my fantasy duds of the week. But, yeah, dude, like, I don't know. I don't know what the. <sighs> well, why don't, why don't you start so us off much. with your fantasy duds this week, then? <laughs> you got
3: the dud! All right, yeah. So, Alvin
2: Kamara and Michael Thomas. Uh, Alvin Kamara had nine fantasy points. Fourteen rushes for eighty nine yards, so that's actually kind of interesting, right? Because that's like a decent amount of yards, but no touchdowns, and it's the most surprising thing, one catch for nine yards. Again, just shocking. I mean, it's one thing for for Michael Thomas to kind of get game planned out, or you know the how the how the games game flow is going, but uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, should never have that low of points ever, and and then yeah, going to Michael Thomas seven points off of uh, six targets for four receptions for 38 yards and zero touchdowns. It's, yeah, shockingly low production. It's not the first time he's done it. He got six points, I think, in week four. But yeah, if this happens again in, in the fantasy playoffs, uh, I'm going to be screwed. So I'm, I'm hoping for a real big big uh, bounce-back game against Dallas this week. Um A little bit of a tough matchup, so we'll see. Dom, who's your duds?
1: I just have one dud. MVS is what he's known as. Marquez valdez scouting the the second it. <laughs> receiver for uh, Scatling, sorry um supposedly the second receiver for the Green bay packers i wrote i picked him up early i rode him for a couple of weeks he got me eleven points ten points, but the last two weeks he had last week he had one fantasy point two targets one reception for three yards after following up another one point performance after having five straight games with at least ten points or more. So he is definitely my dud of the week. Steve, do you got any? Yeah, I got one guy, too, this week. Um, Jarvis
0: Landry, man. Uh, three receptions for 30 receiving yards on five targets. And this is what really tripped me out, and this is the main reason why he's my dud, is um, Mike Taglier from uh, Fantasy Pros tweeted out this. Uh, Baker Mayfield ha- now has 467 yards and seven touchdowns over the, his last seven quarters of play. And Jarvis Landry has just 45 yards and zero touchdowns of that. It's, so that, it's I, it's like going that's to what, insane. Antonio
2: Callaway and, and sometimes a joku but
0: sometimes, and then the wow. running backs, I mean, I, I don't understand, um, not to mention he's averaging like 5.7 yards per, uh, per catch. So he's not even, you know, down the field. So weird turnaround for him, man. He started pretty good this season. And, um, you know, unfortunately he's been, uh, playing pretty bad. Tommy, why don't you take us into the studs of of week uh, 12? Hey, stud.
2: All right. uh, Two studs. Uh, One I want to hit off really quick. Uh, My Uso, Juju Smith-Schuster, 37 points off of 17 targets, 13 catches for 189 yards and a 97-yard touchdown. Way to go, Juju. Fight on, man. Antonio Brown finished with 14 targets, so the fact that he got 17 is ridiculous, and um. Uh, you know i'm not going to say he's he's the the number one receiver in uh in pittsburgh but i mean he's close is he getting close he's getting yeah, real he close it's going to be curious to see what happens next like year.
1: AB does, though he's got eight touchdowns
2: very true you know but but yards and and breaking those big plays i mean it was a 97 yard touchdown i think it's the second one of his short career uh, so that's ridiculous but um but the other one i want to just talk about really quick amari cooper with the dallas cowboys uh 38 points uh off of nine targets for eight receptions and 180 180 yards and two touchdowns uh definitely his breakout game of 2018 and he doubled his touchdown total for the year and and everyone in fantasy world is going nuts over him but you know we've seen this before uh from Amari in oakland As, as diehard raider fans we have firsthand knowledge of of what he can do he's he's legit he's a good receiver but like he's done so many times before I bet this week he disappears again, or at least comes nowhere near replicating his production from this week. And uh, yeah, my bold prediction is uh, Amari falls off and, you know, he's going to be that run in the mill wide receiver too um, for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, my stud this week is uh, Eric Ebron. He's kind of been hit or miss for the season, but I mean, he had five receptions for 45 receiving yards and two touchdowns on seven targets. Obviously super cool. But Ebron has scored 12 touchdowns this season, and he's only paid half of the snaps uh, on offense this year. So obviously now with uh, Jack Doyle, I believe, did he go on IR with yeah, the ribs? So. Yeah, so yeah. Um, Eric Ebron auto- automatically, I think in my opinion, jumps up to a top five tight end for the rest of the year. So definitely a stud this week. Who do you have, Dominic?
1: Steve, he was on the waiver wire for whatever reason because you know, he had that zero-point game yeah. uh, in my cousin's league. Uh-huh. And I went, to, I want to put a bid on them and then I checked the waiver priority. I'm like in sixth place in that six and six. And for whatever reason, stupid ESPN waiver rules, I'm in ninth on the waiver. I couldn't uh-huh. believe it. And, and sure <laughs> enough, he got picked up by someone who's not even in the playoffs or whatever. It,
0: it just because it popped up on like the top of transaction trends. Exactly. That drives me nuts, man. Exactly. That drives me nuts. See, that's
2: why everyone needs to play on Yahoo I do not like ESPN or NFL for fantasy
0: well I will tell you though um, my wife Andrea she plays in her league they play on Yahoo and they have that stupid waiver wire thing where everybody goes on waiver on uh, waiver on on Sunday when it's the game start and it doesn't come off until Wednesday and in their league they do it priority by by a ranking so you're standing oh, so it's so if you're like first place the whole year for second me. place you're not getting anybody it's. retarded. That's yeah, why we sucks. changed
2: that role from in our league that one year. Absolutely. Yeah. No charity. No so charity. My, my fantasy stud this week,
1: um, I usually just – I'll give you my formula. I just go to the highest-scoring guy in our league, and I look at the highest-scoring guy on his team, and this week it was CMC Christian McCaffrey. 17 rushes, 125 yards, and a rushing TD. 11 targets, 11 receptions, 112 Fishing. yards – Uh, and a reception TD, 46 fantasy points Jesus, in a loss. In a loss. I think that Christian McCaffrey
0: was the number one underrated player coming into the league this year. I I mean, it's crazy. I think that no one thought he was going to um, be as productive and not play as much. He's thinking he's playing 97% of the snaps this this year, and for him of his stature, everyone thought he was going to be like a third down, maybe second down back, but. 97% 97% when Le'Veon Bell had his best year, it was like 92% of the offensive snaps.
2: And he was their second receiver also.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's crazy.
2: No one thought he was going to
1: be this good. It's ridiculous. I no, do you think he snuck in the, under the radar a little bit, but uh, because of CJ Anderson being signed and yeah. uh but I think everyone in PPR format at least knew he was going to be a top producer just because of who he is. But, yeah, I agree with you. He just snuck in under there. And well, been l-
0: let me ask long. you this, Dominic, because he got drafted, I think, like um, maybe 17th in our league because uh, Fosberg took him second, second round. Um, what would you to draft him if we had a redraft right now? What oh, position? He, would be,
1: he would be the third or fourth running back off the it would go girly. Would, you, would and, you take him over Kamara? I would take him no, over Kamara. No. I w- no it's because you have hindsight in the beginning of the year. You didn't know. I mean, are we talking hindsight? We know yeah, hindsight 2020. Yeah, exactly. Now. As of right now, but we had a redraft. I'd have to look at the numbers, but yeah, now because Ingram's back in the mix. Yeah. And and Anderson's nowhere to be found. Yeah. I'd probably take CMC. i uh, maybe cream hunt third. And um, no, I think he's got to go behind. I would go Todd Gurley,
0: Saquon, And then I'd probably go Christian McCaffrey. It's just because of the PPRs, dude. It's just Just because of the the catches. Saquon,
1: he still scares me because he's on the Giants, but he's like 90% of their offense. It's ridiculous. Well, so is McCaffrey. He is almost going to be quarterback proof.
2: I'd say if you are going to redraft, I would say McCaffrey's definitely top five. Yeah, I agree. That's fair. In in any order, Todd Gurley, Saquon, Zeke, Kareem Hunt, and then, and then CMC. But I would have known to take order, out one of those guys and put week. Kamara in there. But, yeah, I know. You know it's, uh, I, I just don't think anyone thought he was going to be this good. And like yeah. you said, Steve, an every-down back. He's a true every-down yeah. back. He's running hard. Yeah. He's breaking tackles. He's playing like he did at Stanford.
0: All right, Dominic, give me your guide uh, worth picking up off the waiver
1: wire this week. Now, I think you might have said this last week, Steve, but uh, my guy, because he, he's still on our waiver wire, is Gerald Everett. free. Nuggets. But so he's my pickup this week, and just because the tight end position we've talked about it numerous times, it's volatile. He's tight end. He's touchdown dependent, like anybody. They even have another tight end, H- Higby. But this guy had three receptions for 49 yards and two TDs against um Kansas City. So he has the potential to score you a lot of points. You know, they're, the Rams are going to score a lot of points, and when you can grab a skill guy that could go off, if you need a boomer bust, I, this is a guy that you might want to pick up. Tommy, who do you got?
2: I have two guys that I've already talked about before on the pod that are still available in a bunch of leagues. David Moore is number one receiver from Seattle. Free. Nuggets. He had 20 points this week, uh, four receptions, 103 yards, and touchdown, uh, with that touchdown being a huge game-tying score in the fourth quarter uh, when the sea chickens need it the most. Uh, the second guy, again, I've already talked about him before, Adam Humphreys, wide receiver for Tampa Bay. He had 17 points this week six targets for six receptions, 54 yards and a touchdown, and even though the yards total is low, he's averaged 16 fantasy points over the past 5 weeks. So, and that's with Fitz and James switching out a quarterback. You know, so even though he's arguably there's arguably better pass catchers on that team, he's still getting a ton of production and and definitely worth a streamer this week, uh, especially in DFS against a weak Carolina secondary.
3: Free
1: nuggets. Tommy, I, I thought about picking him up. But because I have Evans, I,
2: I kept him off. That's yeah, it's hard sad. to do both of them.
1: Yeah, I think he's a solid, like, five catches,
0: 50 yards. I think that's, but, in, yeah. you know, he's got a really high floor. The ceiling's maybe not too high, but if he's starting to score touchdowns now. So, obviously, if that continues, then I think he's a great pickup. Uh, my pickup uh, this week is also a receiver, uh, Curtis Samuels from the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, Funches is out, was out last week. Um, they're saying he might not play uh, this week as well. So the last four games, uh, Curtis Samuel has averaged 12.25 fantasy points in full PPR. And check out this schedule, uh, remaining schedule for him. He's got Tampa Bay, Cleveland, New Orleans, and Atlanta. So obviously teams that can score and with some suspect uh, uh, pass defenses. So definitely available in our league and available in most leagues. So I think it's a really good pickup for somebody.
1: Free. Nuggets. Yeah, Steve, I just wanted to check your team page, and he's not on your team? Oh, yeah, I know. I did not
0: pick him up. <laughs> I, got, I got too many running backs, man. I, I can lot of concerns receivers.
1: Eckler's uh handcuff, huh? Your handcuff and your handcuff. Uh dude, I, I, inception I right panic. now. I are three levels. I as soon
0: as he got hurt, I was like, Oh my god, I gotta go pick up this guy just in case. Like I freaked out, man. I'm not gonna lie. That was rough. So obviously Eckler should be already rostered if somebody doesn't if a Melvin Gordon owner doesn't have Eckler. Uh, that's your fault. You should have traded for him a long time ago if you didn't have him. Just and go ahead def- and drop
1: Melvin Gordon, man. No one's gonna pick. Yeah, him right.
0: I'm hoping he comes back for the end of the playoffs, man, because this terrible timing, playoffs? terrible, terrible timing. Yeah, the playoffs. Hey, Tommy, do we have any questions uh, from Twitter? or Anything?
2: Yeah, a couple of Twitter questions this week. First one comes from at Marlon J. Perez. He asks, "Who would you start in the flex with Cook and Breda at running back?" d hop and tyreek at receiver okay so that's who he has already starting so the options are adrian peterson aj green or demarius thomas
0: all right so i would definitely not start aj green this week um he's dealing with that turf toe injury although they are saying that he's going to come back and play um you know those injuries can kind of be tricky he may be feeling good he may go into the game feeling good after warm-ups and then all of a sudden after the first quarter not play anymore so I don't think, uh, especially being week 13, it's not maybe a good idea to risk that much. I think I would probably go with Demarius Thomas. I think, uh, like Dominic talked earlier in the podcast, uh, um, Watkins is uh, trending upward, and Demarius had a really good game against uh, the Tennessee Titan defense this last week, so I would definitely go with uh, Demarius this week.
1: Yeah, I agree with Steve, but uh, I don't think Adrian Peterson against Philly I think Philly if they have any of their championship abilityness is going to come out next week. If not they're they're out of the playoffs. I mean they they're pretty close to out right now but they might bow their backs and show, you know, what, what got them to the ship last year and so I don't think starting AP so that's why I agree with you Steve.
2: Yeah. So so what do you think about this quote that AJ Green said today? Just put the ball somewhere, I'll get it. Talking about playing with Jeff Driscoll the new quarterback starting uh, for Cincinnati yeah dude i think that he's just trying to hype him up or i don't know but he can
0: he can he can want the ball all he wants but he's got to make sure he can cut and do all those things and you know i don't i don't have i don't have any faith in that Bengals offense right now
1: Driscoll didn't look too bad when he came in i actually was watching some of that game he he can get the ball out quick and he didn't look scared and that's the two things you want in your backup quarterback that has yeah, played
0: but it's also cuz he came into the game they always say it's a lot different starting yeah. a game knowing you're going to be you know what i mean yeah. being a starter the yeah. whole week
1: and
0: having uh, some on you, yeah. Yeah, it could be some
2: fool's gold. All right. So our second question comes from at Roth Jake twenty one. He has a start sit question for us at uh, half point PPR. Uh, it's either Corey Davis versus the Jets, Golden Tate versus Washington on Monday Night Football, or Josh Reynolds at Detroit.
0: I definitely go with Corey Davis on this one. One, he's the number one receiver for the Titans um I actually dropped him and didn't play him last week and he had a pretty good game. Um so I think you're going to get the targets, the upside um and they're playing a Jets team that's all out of sorts. You know, they already kind of gave up on the season
1: it looks like. Like I don't know. I think Corey Davis is the play. Uh I disagree. I think Josh Reynolds on the hot Rams team, especially with our boy coming on the podcast last week and asking us about him Tommy. Oh, you're uh, true. Um I think you you roll with him again. I mean, I think Robert Woods and hopefully Todd Gurley gets his touchdowns back, but I, I would go with Reynolds. Who do you think, Tommy?
2: Well, I'm I'm definitely not liking Golden Tate, you know, so for me it's between Corey Davis and Josh Reynolds and you know, I think you guys always know how I feel. you know, start your starters. Um and so I, I'm gonna agree with Steve and go with Corey Davis. I think he's trending up, he's kind of slowly been trending up all season and, and he's had a couple of good games recently. Um. Also, Marcus Mariota looks better. Um. You know than he has been uh, early in the season. So, um. Yeah, I would go Corey Davis. I think the Jets' uh, secondary, besides uh, Jamal Adams, is is garbage. Um. So I think he could have a good game. He's a big body, and uh, I think they're going to throw him the rock.
0: All right, guys. Thanks for the uh, Twitter questions. As always, um, ask away whenever you get, or leave a voicemail as well, um, and we'll try to answer them on the pod as much as we can. Now it's time for a special Commissioner's Corner with Tommy Moe. The Commissioner's
3: Corner.
2: All right, guys. So we have a special uh, guest on the Commissioner's Corner this week. Sam Lane from Twitter. He's at uh, Stompy. Uh, Sam uh, is a friend of the podcast. He's an engineer and a scientist, a contributing writer for the fantasy football franchise, which is at F- F3Pod, the IDP guys uh, FFL Show. At IDP guys and the Fancy authority at FF underscore authority. And he's the head data analyst and writer for sports saber metrics at sports underscore saber. Uh, obviously Sam is a super busy guy. So we really appreciate him uh, taking the time to stop by our show.
0: What's up, Sam? Welcome to the two on one.
3: Hey, what's going on, guys? I really appreciate you having me on.
2: Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us tonight.
3: Uh, like I said, I just. I like in talking fantasy football and I was excited for you guys to reach out. So yeah. Well,
2: we see, uh, we see how, how busy you are and how, how many, uh, different fantasy, uh, productions you have your hands in. So, you know, we always appreciate a, a guest of your caliber on the show. But, uh, but yeah, before we dive in, you know, to the reason why you're here to talk fantasy football, uh, I have to know what kind of engineer and, and scientist are you?
3: Uh, so my degrees are in chemical engineering. I have a master's in chemical engineering and then I actually work as a scientist for a bioagricultural company. Um, we grow bacteria, uh, to help, uh, it, which can be applied to crops and stuff to help yields and biomass and stuff like that.
2: Nice. Yep. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a wildlife biologist, so it, it's, it's actually really interesting uh, to me to meet another fancy football addict. That's uh that's also in the science world. And, awesome. you know, I think it's kind of interesting when, um, you know, you can kind of see some of our our day jobs kind of coming through in our our football analysis.
3: Yeah. Yep. I hear
0: you. All right, Sam. So uh, we're in the last week of the regular season for fantasy football, and everyone's vying for that final playoff spot. But let's just assume real quick that we've all made the playoffs. Who are some of your players you think are league winners this season that are already rostered on
3: teams? Uh, I'm going to go with one that's fairly obvious, uh, Lamar Jackson. He just he's got that dynamic floor, super high floor, he's super dynamic. And then once if Morning tries not to kill him with rushing three hundred times or however many yeah. times he's trying to and, and actually throws the ball, I think that uh, Lamar Jackson could finish as a top ten quarterback the rest of the way, uh, and, and really help out fantasy teams. Hey Sam, uh, do
2: you do you think uh that's sustainable for for Lamar to keep running as much as he's but he's been running.
3: No. Um, and I don't think anybody in the right mind would say yes. And luckily last week they didn't run him nearly as much and they let him throw a little bit. Um the thing with Lamar Jackson is he doesn't need to run that much. I think he had a, like a thirty yard run last week. Like give him five to ten designed run plays and let him use his legs if necessary the rest of the way and throw the ball. He's Proven to be a, well, okay. In college, he was a lot better passer than a lot of people will give him credit for. And so let him show that. And, and you've got some matchups here that, and, and you had one previously the, against the Bengals where he ran 27 times that you could have used his arm, but he plays the Atlanta Falcons this week in week 13. And that's a great matchup. So. Let him use his arm a little bit. Let him use his legs when necessary, but yeah, just try and keep him healthy. Let's try and not Robert Griffin him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I even definitely. though he, even though he doesn't fit like the body uh, description, you know, I think he uh, could be used a little bit more like Cam Newton, you know, because if you look at it, Cam actually sits in the pocket a lot and, yeah. and doesn't need to run and, and really just runs when it's either design run play, like you're saying, or it's just a, you know, random scramble, but yeah, yeah. Let him let him sit, let him throw a little bit more. And I think we've seen a little bit of a decrease in, in the runs uh from that first game against the Bengals to, to last week.
3: Yeah, and if if you actually watch him while he's in the pocket, he's actually very calm and poised in the pocket. Uh he has quiet feet in the pocket. So he he's a good pocket passer. He just happens to be able to run like a four four forty. That's just that's it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so why not run?
3: Yeah,
0: to your point too, Sam, that, that schedule looks pretty nice. You got the uh, the Atlanta Falcons and then the Chiefs, yeah. and then after that the Buccaneers. So obviously some uh, weak passing defenses and offenses that can score, so they're gonna have to they're gonna have to play some offense, they're gonna have to throw the ball and get some points.
3: Right. Um and then on that same vein, Gus Edwards is also another league winner. I, I'm, I'm assuming that most people have picked him up by now. They have the best remaining schedule or i guess playoff schedule for running backs so uh, like you just named a bunch of teams i mean the falcons the chiefs and the bucks have all been terrible against the run and we've seen over the last two games specifically that gus edwards and, and and i don't know if it's a lamar jackson thing it probably is a little bit helps open holes but gus edwards has had over a hundred yards in both of those games. And it sounds like they're going to continue to ride him through the end of the season. So he's definitely another league winner this uh, season. This is
1: Dominic here. I've just been taking notes of what you've been saying, and I'm really happy about the Gus Edwards. I got um, Todd Gurley, but I didn't really have a good RB 2 And so I hope you're right on that one. But m- my question for you is uh I just started getting active on Twitter, uh, Timo uh turned me on to it through this podcast and then he turned me on to you and he game got brought me up to speed and said that uh unlike a lot of us in our league you had Patrick Mahomes as a top 5 quarterback and you wrote about it back in April on Twitter and then you even wrote an article back in June on the com. my question to you is how did you know Mahomes was going to be a top 5 quarterback did you get lucky or what what did you know
3: all right let's let's be real Fantasy involves probably 75% luck. So yes, I got lucky. <laughs> um,
2: we've we've had that I, debate on the podcast before.
3: Right. So, but really it was, it came down to, I, I guess, three things for me. Um, the first one being that Alex Smith, whose nickname previous to 2017 was Captain Checkdown and has now reverted back to his captain check down self and what a brutal injury by the way i hope he can return but terrible at 34 years old i don't know if we'll ever see him the same again um beyond Mm. the point so when you're looking at a guy who has the arm talent of patrick mahomes and he's in the same situation as alex smith You're going to probably say, oh, well, at least Pat. I I think Patrick Mahomes can do the same thing that Alex Smith did. Now, Alex Smith isn't a uh, risk taker, per se. He doesn't throw interceptions. But for some reason, Andy Reid was able to build an offense last season that allowed Alex Smith to throw the ball deep. And he was at the most accurate deep ball passer last year, I believe. Um, I would have to look that up, but I I think I think that's correct. So,
2: which is which is crazy for someone that's yeah. like not typically known as a deep ball thrower,
3: right? Right. And so that was kind of the first sign was like, well, you've got Patrick Mahomes coming out of college who was known as a well, call, and I hate these cliche, cliche names, but uh, a gunslinger yeah. um, was compared to Brett Favre, or Matt Stafford, versus Alex Smith. So that was kind of the first hint was, well, I mean, obviously Andy Reid can make things work for a QB that doesn't know doesn't necessarily throw deep well and then now he gets a guy who does throw the ball deep. The second one was the addition of Sammy Watkins and the return of uh Spencer Ware. Now the addition of Spencer or the the return of Spencer Ware hasn't had that big of an impact, but the point was that his that Patrick Mahomes skill players, the skill players surrounding him were better than Alex Smith had because yeah, he had Tyreek. He had Travis Kelsey. He had Kareem Hunt. But then who else did he have? I mean, you had Albert Wilson, who, who I really like, but he's not Sammy Watkins.
2: He's not a true number two.
3: Right. Uh, he had Chris Conley, who again, very quick, but not really a number two. And so you, you, you add back a really good run, a really good running back. And then you add a great wide receiver too and now you've just got at least on paper a significant amount of skill players surrounding a young quarterback and then the third the third reason was he was able to sit behind alex smith who if he's known for anything it's his for being cerebral alex smith is so he's very intelligent he doesn't create turnovers so he was mahomes was able to learn under alex smith but at Andy Reid as well. So he was able to see, uh, the speed of the NFL. He was able to, uh, learn that offense. And, and let's be real. Andy Reid is probably one of the better offensive minds in the game, even though he doesn't know how to do clock management. <laughs> yeah. So those three combined things was kind of like, well, you've got Patrick Mahomes, who's got a ton of arm talent, um, can make some very, very good throws uh can throw from all angles, and can run the ball. He's got a ton of talent around him, and he's got one of the better offensive minds in the game that will know how to use that talent. And that just equated to me a top three uh talent. And sure enough, we're here, and he's wa- the QB1, or sorry, uh, I said top five at the time. But here we are today, he's QB1 on the season. So yeah, I mean, I, a, a lot of things have to go right for me to get that correct but at the same time it's like you got to look at a lot of the factors involved in that and so that's it was just basically kind of looking at all the factors and putting them all together and thinking well I, i think i mean this might be a hot take at the time but i really think he has the talent and the situation to produce huge numbers in 2018
2: well, you know, the prediction definitely paid off. I mean, I, we've, we've talked about it on the show before and, and a lot of people have seen, you know, especially with that Patrick Mahomes entire kill stack. Uh, it's been deadly this season. And oh, yeah. one of the reasons, uh, you know, my brother's in our, our fantasy league and he has that stack and has just been killing people, but you know, did nothing last week on the bye week. So yeah, really good points. I make a lot of sense, especially in hindsight. And I was hoping for a little bit more from Spencer Ware also. And, you know, he's, hopefully maybe he just gets, needs to get traded to a team and, and break out somewhere else.
3: Well, I, so I actually wrote a different article this or in the off season. Like I, I like, I'm, I do the buy low guys a lot. And I think Spencer Ware is kind of a buy preemptively low.
2: So Sam, uh, you know, you're, you're super active on Twitter and, and I love reading your tweets and, and advice you give out to all the fancy football community. Any other words of wisdom or free nuggets you want to leave with us?
3: Um, have fun. I guess the biggest thing for me that I've noticed is some people take this way too seriously. We're we're, we're playing a game within a game. This is a hobby for most of us. I mean, I spend probably twenty plus hours extra outside of my job doing this because I love it. Yeah, I I just like talking football. But hopefully, people are seeing how much work I do and hope. and, And but I just see people criticizing all of that work all the time. Well, you gave me a bad recommendation. Well, yeah, I did. But I, I mean, I guarantee you that even the best of us only get things right 60% of the time. So that means 40% of our projections or, or uh, recommendations are correct or incorrect. So it, for me, it's just have fun. It's a game. Unless you're doing like high stakes stuff, which then you should probably be doing your own research and not listening to other people. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's just my biggest thing is this is p- supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a hobby, and that's what we're all here to do.
2: Well, especially because the vast majority of us uh, don't get paid to actually spend right. our time to to do this. And, you know, the one thing I do love about it, the the fancy football community on Twitter is, you know, you're getting a, a large sample size of different opinions, you know, and, and it's still up to you to... To, to make your best judgment on those opinions and you set your own roster and you set your own lineup and and then at the end of the day like we have talked about before it's you know a lot of it's luck and seeing what happens and you know sometimes players aren't going to do well and you can't expect that and other players are going to go off and you know if you can't predict that then good for you that's awesome but definitely a good reminder to, to keep having fun with this because I know in our league we definitely have gotten uh, <laughs> pretty heated and, and pretty serious oh, about yeah. some things before right All right, right
0: on, Sam. Thanks for coming on the pod, and we really appreciate your insight. We'll be sure to tag you when the episode's up, and best of luck to you and your fantasy leagues the rest of the season.
3: Hey, guys, I appreciate it. This was fun. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it a lot, man. All right, guys, let's get into some
0: Super Friends League talk. The Super
3: Super Friends League.
0: League. Okay, guys, recap of last week's games. Um, We had The Godfather defeating Noble Savages 131 to 126. Uh, Jeebus strikes back 139 uh, to 109, uh, defeating the Expendables. Uh, Arm Rodgerie had a huge week, defeating Time to Eat 181 to 137. Brady's Brown Boys barely held on to defeat uh, Watson Mack on my gurley 123 to 119. And Mexicans defeated, defeated Stand Up Collins 169 to 142. What's the game of the week, Tommy?
2: Well, I can't give it to myself and, and do that to our our best friend Dom again. So this week's game of the week goes to Jeff, the manager of the team formerly known as the Godfather, for getting an upset victory over Noble Savages uh, 131 to 126, sealing the deal on Monday Night Football with Demarius Thomas of all people. More points in D hop. Really weird. But yeah, he fully took advantage of Noble Savages during the Chiefs bye week as as he was left without Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Hill. And I uh, hurt carry on Johnson. So congrats, Jeff, on the win. Too bad you're still not making the playoffs. Yeah, Tommy, I uh,
1: I uh agree with you. I don't think our game was game of the week, but it was the most important game because it that last playoff spot is now locked up by you no matter what. Uh, I mean, as, in, as in no one else can come in and take it from you. You can go higher. Because of points. Can. Yep, because of points. So I don't know if you know that, but you're a lock in that position.
2: Well, there's there's like some uh, like crazy things that have to happen for me not to get that spot, so I'm just going to like stay humble and, and hopefully that doesn't happen because it has to be like me no, scoring that. At, I looked at all the scenarios. No, I like, have, uh, have to score like 50 points. Oh, yeah. This You're know, Jeff, Jeff,
1: has, Jeff would have to win and you'd have to lose and you'd have to win by 236 points or something like
0: that. Well, I think if Tommy scores like 85 points and, and uh, Jeff goes off for like 189 or 192, then he might have a chance. It's close. No,
1: I'm telling you, it's 136 points because I, I was assuming Tommy scored 100. Jeff would have to score 236 points
2: to beat him. Believe me, I, I, bet Joe, I bet you Jeff thinks it's possible.
1: There's no... <laughs> Steve, what was the highest score this year? Like 197, 207? Possible like is nothing, Dominic. Impossible. <laughs> it's fantasy. This is not real life. This <laughs> is Dominic,
0: give, the, give the people a quick recap of the league standings.
1: All right. So... Uh, this is why Steve wanted me to do it so quick because he's back in the number one position <laughs> at eight and four, but with the most points, 849 points. Matt is also eight and four at seven, 1,795 points. And then somehow John is eight and four <laughs> at yes. the least low, 1500. I'm sorry, the second lowest, 1547 points. Not that I'm saying I have two more points than him, but still. Then it goes Vince, Noble Savages at fourth. At seven and five, myself at fifth at seven and five. And then Tommy, we talked about your last spot at six and six. Mm-hmm. But the important thing is Matt, Jeff has five and seven and so does uh, Art, but you have six hundred, six, 1660 points and they each have under 1500. So, um, and then Arm Rodgery is four and eight. And then our boy stand up Collins looks like he's going to be back to back winner of the laughing ass trophy. Sorry, Aaron. That really sucks, man. I was pulling for you. I even yeah, gave you a uh, win.
2: It's his. It's his two, uh, second time being on it, but not back to back. Matt uh, oh, got it last year.
0: Confusion. Oh, Did Matt get it last year?
2: Matt okay. got it last year, but uh, Aaron is definitely on there first that time. That makes me feel better. Back-to-back. Yeah, that's not
0: that bad. Then you know what my biggest takeaway this week was, though, was uh, is Vince too dependent on the Chiefs? Absolutely. And you know what's scary hey, is man, that man. they've been throwing a lot of touchdowns and throwing the ball out. It's going to start getting colder. I think Kareem Hunt's going to start seeing the ball more. I think they're going to start running a little bit more. I can't well, see them doing that in Kansas City when it's freaking four degrees.
2: And then uh, do you think they sit their starters for the last week? Because they're obviously going to have – uh Probably two
3: weeks, uh, right? First place.
2: Yeah, and like in a couple of weeks, you know, for the last ah. week, of uh, it will be the fantasy championship. You know, will they sit Patrick Mahomes? I think the
0: best thing is for – I think the thing that men should be hoping for is that the Patriots keep winning. And then they keep the you know the Chiefs needing to win because uh, and the Chargers too because the Chargers are eight and three, uh, the Patriots are eight and three, Pittsburgh's eight and three, and then the Chiefs right now are nine and two. So if they want that home field advantage of the playoffs, they're going to have to play out. So the best thing for all those teams, which they all have really important fantasy players, is they're all pretty close. So they'll probably try to fight for that number one seed. So what do you guys yeah. like? you Guys like bye weeks or no bye weeks?
2: Well, for the first round of the playoffs, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had the bye week before and come out of it and lost, you know, and, and I've had actually more points scored all my bye week when I was playing nobody. That's
1: the worst.
2: Then, you know, when I came back the week and then, yeah, just totally goose egged it. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's nice to have that next round or, already guaranteed. And I think that's a nice perk for, for the first and second place team, but it definitely doesn't guarantee a win in the second round or, or make it all the way to the championship. But I kind of like it. I mean, it's, it's nice to, you know, just have a week off and, but at the same time, it kind of sucks to like have points score that don't matter. For me, it's simple math. It's less opportunities to be knocked out of the championship. So
1: obviously I'm all for getting the bye. Uh, I bet you this is the bye week is if Steve gets it which ah, it looks here like we is going to be the most shit talking he does because he knows no, he's in the next week. No and He's just going to be chiming in on people's matchups. <laughs> I'm actually going to that
0: Raider game too, that Tommy's going to. So I'm hoping yeah. I get the buy so I can just relax. Like I am going up North for the weekend, just going to have a good relaxing weekend and, and, and start prepping for uh, the following
1: week. So no, definitely. Let me, um, let me know if Tommy's uh looking at his phone when he's playing his brother Vince.
2: <laughs> uh don't don't catch me rooting for Antonio Brown, James Conner. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm, right gonna, I'm gonna
1: film him, dude. <laughs> I was like me when we went to the Raider games with Todd Gurley. Yep. Definitely.
2: Uh,
0: you guys have any advice for anybody out there this week?
1: Hell no. Yeah, I know oh, it
0: gets kind of hard to give advice when in the league when uh we're starting to get into the nitty-gritty, you know what I mean?
2: Well, you know, I I think um Really play your streamers. Really play the matchups is the one advice I have. Um, I know I'm focusing on that with my team, um, even contemplating sitting Tom Brady this week because of the bad matchup against Minnesota. But for anyone that's still in it, or, and even when we go to the the playoff or the consolation bracket, there's a, a punishment for, for getting last place after the playoff, so... You know, keep putting in, you know, stream those guys, stream those quarterbacks, receivers, defenses. Um we've seen a lot of people do that lately in the league and so um it's working for a lot of people. So definitely keep on it. There's still a lot at stake, you know, even once we get into the playoffs, uh, for those that didn't make the playoffs but made the consolation bracket.
1: Tommy, I disagree with you. If you're not uh one through six, stop picking guys up because no <laughs> one cares about and we, we need these waiver guys, it could make or break it.
0: No, I'm just kidding. All right, guys, let's get into some blazing predictions.
1: Blazing predictions.
0: All right, guys, a quick recap of last week's picks. I was perfect with a uh, perfect five correct. Uh, Dominic and Tommy were four uh, correct last week. So the running total for the season Dominic is in the lead with 36. Following behind him closely, Tommy with 35, and I am last with 32. All right, guys, let's start with um, the most important game because it's the last person that's trying to clinch Brady's brown boys versus Jeeba
1: strikes back. Yeah, I'll go first if Tommy doesn't want to talk about his team yet. Um, Not yet. Predicted to be 151, John's 135. Tommy's got Jameis Winston starting right now over Tom Brady. You just mentioned that. Oh, that's
2: that's temporary. That's going to change. Not a bad place.
1: I know. I mean, it's just Winston's just so up and down. Who knows if if it's magic could come in in the fourth quarter. That's what you're worried about with Winston. But I'm going with Tommy in this one just because uh, I don't think the the standings really matter too much. And John's not going to care too much. So I think Tommy wins and still gets the sixth spot. Steve? Yeah, I think
0: uh, Tommy wins this week as well. I just like his matchups a little bit better um, this week. I think James Conner's going to have a good bounce back week. Um, obviously, they've been hearing a lot of stuff in the news about him not getting the ball as much. So I think James Conner's due for a good week. Antonio Brown, you know, he may have a good week too, uh, but the Chargers uh, secondary is pretty good. Michael Thomas, I like the Jameis Winston. I mean, like you said, he's up or down, but um, you know, he might have a big week this week against the uh the Carolina Panthers. Um on the other side with uh John, I just still don't like his uh running backs, Coleman and McCoy. Uh Grug Olsen hasn't done much. DJ Moore's a good pickup, but I think Tommy has too much firepower, so I'm going with Tommy.
2: Yeah, Yahoo uh, pro- projections have been all over the map. I think at one yeah. point it was at 160, uh, which was kind of ridiculous. But yeah, and, and James Winston's definitely a placeholder. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm trying to, something's happening that's going to change, but I'm not going to say who. Um, Calm down. But,
1: Jeff's going to go pick up four quarterbacks if you put this over before tomorrow.
2: So sc- I'm just going to cut that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, good,
0: you know, you're going to pick up Kirk Cousins. We all know.
2: Uh, we'll see. But I'm I'm really excited for to see if Aaron Jones against uh, Arizona if he keeps continuing uh, what he's been doing. And I think John has a strong uh, upper half of his team with Cam Newton and D Hop and Thielen. But after that, I I just don't think he has it. And like we talked about earlier, I'm I'm shocked that he's still here in the third spot with with lack of points he's been putting up lately. So I'll go myself.
0: All right, guys. Next matchup we have is Watson Mack and Mike Gurley versus Arm Rodry. Let Tommy, start us off.
2: Yeah, I have arm ragery in this one. I I, I think, uh, Christian McCaffrey is on a roll. Joe Mixon's been playing decent. And I actually think Jared Cook is going to have another big game against Kansas City. Uh, Unless for some reason Eric Berry shows up. He reported to practice this week. So no word yet if he's going to play in the game this weekend. But if he does, you know, he might be shutting down Jared Cook. We'll see. And yeah, just his team's been on a roll. And then, you know, with Dominic's team. I, I think there's some boomer bust guys on his, on his team outside of like Mike Evans and Gurley and, and we'll see with Gus Edwards, but yeah, I, I think unfortunately our, our best friend keeps his uh, losing streak going.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with arm Rogery as well. I think yes. the uh, matchup of McCaffrey against Tampa Bay is going to be a big one. AJ green though may have a goose egg. You never know. I mean, he's still hurt. So kind of risky playing him, but uh, with the uh, Tom Dominic's team, I just don't like some of the matchups. Calvin Ridley versus Baltimore, Edwards with Atlanta be okay. Todd Gurley against Detroit. Detroit's uh, rush defense has been a lot better with Snacks Harrison now as part of the team, but obviously he's still good with PPR, but I just think like you said Arm Rodgers has been on a roll with some of his players, so I think he has a big week and uh, is able to defeat Dominic.
2: You know, and and even though the Jets are bad and have a bad secondary, their run game is actually pretty their run defense is actually pretty yeah. decent. So, if you have another, you know, free nugget, if you have a different flex Different person putting the flex, maybe consider that.
1: Free. Nuggets. Yeah, um, I have a lot of counterpoints to you guys, so <laughs> I, jump right in. I have myself winning. And the reason why is I need to win or I'll fall to that sixth spot. Then I won't get, quote-unquote, from Tommy and Steve, the easy matchup against John. So I got to win this week, and this is why I'm going to win And you guys are wrong. First of all, I'm not going to be starting Calvin Ridley, probably. But he just has the highest predicted points. So I like to leave him out there so that it doesn't look that only, you know, 139 to 144. Next reason why I'm going to win is because of what you said, Tommy Amari Cooper having a dud week against New Orleans on Thursday night. So we take that out of his slot and then Todd Gurley coming back against Detroit. But what really what I'm excited about is my defense this week. I think I really like the Mullins, the quarterback for San Francisco, his first game. He was excited he won. He's looked pretty bad, pretty rookie the last two games and I think Seattle even though they gave up a lot of uh points or yards to the Panthers last week, I think they're going to crush San Francisco. And that's why I'm going to win. All right, I
0: like it, Dominic. All right, next game we have is a stand up Colin versus Noble Savages.
2: All right, so I'm going to pick Noble Savages in this one mostly because he has Mahomes back and the Chiefs are playing the Raiders and I can't even front and act like the Raiders are going to do really <laughs> well defensively against this Chiefs uh, offense. Um, I, I think their best chance of winning is, is scoring a bunch of points. So, um, with that said, Kamara, I'm hoping Kamara and Thomas have balanced back games. It's definitely going to be a tougher matchup against Dallas, but I hope the, the game plan and, and the, uh, the game flow is works in their favor. So noble savages. <clears throat> yeah. I have Vince as well.
1: But my question, not so much looking at the matchups, if Aaron gets a laughing-ass trophy, he gets to put a player's name on it, correct? Yep. And I don't think he really has one on his team this year that was – I mean, I think he's going to put Fosberg as the name is what he wanted to say. Oh, he's that'd be good. Oh. <laughs> but you look at his team, and you can't really blame any of his guys. No, they're all decent. Off, yeah, Adams, Galladay, Ezekiel, Sonny Michelle. I think a lot been. of these players
0: he picked up in the second half of the season though. He did
2: he did pick no, up. He he traded for Gallaudet, for
1: Galladay. Yeah. We, we, I mean, we can look at the draft and anyway, that was my
0: question. Who do you got, Steve? Um I got uh Noble Savages this week. And to your point, Dominic, I think Aaron's team, yeah, it's pretty solid too. But I think Vince's team's matchups are really good with uh, the Oakland games for Hill and Pahomes and Kamara, even Gore at Buffalo. And then starting Tyler Lockett, it's pretty good because he's been scoring touchdowns like crazy. So it sucks for Aaron. He's had a good year in the sense of that his team's been performing, but he just really bad matchups. And that goes back to our whole thing about, is it luck or or, uh, or skill? And he's had some bad luck this year. So, But I'm going with Noble Savages this week. Hey, bold
2: move by Vince for starting Frank Gore
0: this week. I'm very bold. I think he's getting a little desperate, man. I mean, seven and five with all those points, he's like, what do I have to do to win?
2: Well, he's, I think he's hoping Carry on Johnson comes back from that knee injury, but um yeah. the world deaf uh listed Carry on Johnson is out for his uh Wednesday practice and signs are kinda of pointing to like they are blunt. Even if he does start blunt, I don't know if uh how good of a game he has against that Rams defense.
0: Exactly. All right, guys, next game we have is the Mexicans versus the Expendables.
2: By week, uh Mexicans. <laughs> I'm just gonna call it Breeze, uh T. Y. Hilton, Barkley, Chubb, Bray, Eckler. Even without Melvin Gordon, you'll be fine, unless for some reason you get Julio Jones and Terry Cohen and, and Gronk having ridiculously big games, and, and you know it could be a bounce back game for Aaron Rodgers against Arizona. It's at home, and you know I think he's kind of pissed off from from some of the talk that's been going around. Uh, you know if he's if he's kind of washed, and unless by some miracle, I, I think it's Mexicans winning this one.
1: Listen to these numbers: twenty eight, thirty seven. Twenty six, nineteen, thirteen, thirty five, thirty three. That's Barkley's last seven games. The dude is a beast. I mean, he had one thirteen point game. That's his floor. I, I mean, I think uh, Gurley scored eleven before the bye so he's amazing. So that's why I got Steve won this one.
2: But he's what do you card. think about his matchup against Chicago?
1: I don't think it matters. I think he's defense proof, and I think he's quarterback proof. I think he, they'll still check down to him. If, 12 times and he'll get, you know, 18, 19 points at
3: least.
0: Yeah, man, I'm hoping for a, a win this week too. I need that buy, um, especially with Melvin Gordon being out. Uh, it just goes to the importance of having the handcuffs from some of your uh, your guys. I have Eckler, so I was able to put him in there. Um, you know, I like some of the matchups this week. They're pretty good. Hopefully Drew Brees has a good one against Dallas on Thursday night. Um, and then, you know, Art does have a puncher's chance with Aaron Rodgers and Julio Jones. Um, but I think I'll be able to squeak this one out and uh, hopefully end the season uh, with number one. All right, guys. Last game is Time to Eat versus the <laughs> formerly known as the Godfather, Kittle My Unlucky or Tickle My Unlucky Johnson. That's Kittle. That's Kittle. Wow. I'll go first. losing
1: it, huh? I'll go first, and I'm picking Matt over Jeff, and I'm not going to look up any matchups just because he changed his fantasy name. I understand. He's trying to put some humor to his awful season, but we have a podcast around here, so when we look at your name and we're yeah, calling you as godfather the whole time. What the hell's that? Keep it for the the chat boards. Not just kidding.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a good time to eat as well. Uh, kind of same thing as Vince. Uh, the Chiefs are back from the bye and playing the Raiders, and I think it's a good matchup. Uh, the one wild card I'd say on on Matt's team this week is is TJ yelled in against the uh, Colts I know you know nets out like we talked about uh and, and TJ's supposed to be the guy there but he, they traded for Carlos Hyde for a reason and you know maybe this is the the opportunity they're looking for with a new offensive coordinator to put plug him in there and and get some runs so yeah you know we'll see I, I, Jeff's still got some good matchups David Johnson Keenan Allen Andrew black is really hot lately uh going against Jacksonville and then Kittle so I think he has a shot, but I, I think uh, time to eat with Sylwets. Yeah, I'm going with Matt as well. Um, I'm just
0: uh, I like his matchups, like you said, the Oakland game. He's got Kelsey and Hunt. I think those guys can go for a big uh, game. Even uh, Philip Rivers at Pittsburgh and Yeldon. As much as yeah, it's kind of scratchy. Um, they are playing the cold, so it's not terrible, terrible. And um, I don't like just matchups this week. Even Andrew Luck's been having a good you know season the last couple games, but he's going at Jacksonville. Um and then you have um anytime you're starting two forty 49ers in Seattle, it's kind of scary. So I got Matt winning this one. Alright, guys, that does it for this week's show. If you like what you're listening to, please rate and review the show on iTunes or follow us on SoundCloud. Please leave any comments or questions in our Yahoo Fantasy app, or you can hit up the voicemail line during the week or send us a tweet at the pod's Twitter handle at two on one FFB Podcast. And as always, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at FB Savant 7075.
2: And I'm at Timo 52 underscore. And I'm at yeast mode 24.
0: Good luck this week in fantasy, guys. Bye, man.
3: Yes, I'm just calling in to make reservations for one in the playoffs. cha Thank you. That boy good. That boy good. Boy, 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 boy. That boy good. That boy